0: This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry.
1: For Luther faith and its benefits is not it's not like you're trying to hold sand in your hands like this isn't something that's ready to fly away at any moment it could be lost in you know a blink of an eye if you have a wrong thought or a, you know a second of doubt or whatever because you you trust that this always still is god's word working for you and that god's promises are for you you believe
2: and are all is already done
1: yeah and it's that it's that daily working of the holy spirit on you but where they would talk about someone losing sin, you know, the dog running and dropping the meat, that makes it sound a little sort of willy-nilly, like I might accidentally do it. When he talks about it, it's the sense of obdurate, persistent sin that moves against the promise. Um, you know, faith in the promise is to desire what is promised. It's to desire the forgiveness of sins. Like that, that's, when you, that's how you're trusting in the promise. Um, and so to lose that faith is to move against that.
2: Yeah, for well, you know, one, even more to lose that faith yeah. is to place one's
3: trust. Right. Phenomenological I mean, just good work. I, yeah. When I read this for the first time, I thought, and that's why I actually like the dog illustration because mm-hmm. it was brilliant. Like you see reflections, like oh, there's meat, and you forget that you're trying to grasp at what you already have. And in doing so, you actually lose what you have. Mm-hmm. Because you lose sight, and not lose really, but you lose sight of it. I think it's like the snake being held up in the wilderness, and then a cloud comes over. I can't see it, so I start to die again. And I need i need that vapor to be wiped away so I can see it again. And then I start to come alive again. Uh, just, the fun, just how we experience. Mm-hmm. Not what is actually, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so, you know, faith is not this thing that you lose just because you're still the old man and that you still have sin in your life. Um, It's just not something that goes away easily. It's sort of this willful rejection that, um, you know, it would be hard to do. You know, one of Luther's examples, which might not be the best one, but he talks about David. um, When David willfully... Sent Bathsheba's husband out to die so that he could have sexual relationships with him he said this would be an example of someone who is um, no longer trusting in the promises and is moving against it um, and David had to confess of that and look to God only again to be you know in relationship to that promise I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty big sort of sin to commit um but that's the sort of level that he's working on there.
0: It, uh, I think maybe Zach Rupp is. It still doesn't feel consistent to so much other Luther.
1: Yeah. Right. It feels like an inconsistent
0: move. If he said it, he said it. But as, and he, I know he wasn't trying to construct a system at this point in time that was later developed, but it, it does seem inconsistent with some of his later moves that are very sophisticated in mm-hmm. On the Bondage of the Will and in the Antinomian Disputations. That's, that's just that's my own personal reading, yeah I'm willing to be corrected by the Luther scholars
1: yeah, so am I um, uh, he doesn't he he doesn't he doesn't lose this thought though he doesn't it pops up in other places yeah, this is not something that is early Luther, and then later Luther moves away from it. Wow you know his thought is going to develop, so it probably fits in in different ways, but for Luther, there always is this chance, like, not just a chance, but there always is that possibility of rejecting the promise. And we'll even see that in the antinomian disputations about how you go to battle against the flesh so that the flesh does not become this thing that um, lets you live in obdurate, persistent sin from which you stop trusting in the promise. Could it be yeah. that we're looking at this from an promise. internal standpoint? right? Like, we're thinking... Eternal salvation and Luther's thinking in the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what I was. That's thinking, what we're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're I was. That's how I logically.
0: When I read this the first time, that's how I read it. Too. Yep, that's how I read it too. So I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah.
3: right. It Same here. Temporal benefit. But now you're making me all anxious because you're saying I should have a problem with it. And now I'm all like, I gotta go repent or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did Marlinkin
0: say? Y'all, y'all get it. Yeah, like
1: Melancton. Um, Lincoln said basically the same thing. Oh, uh, boom,
0: then.
1: Yay, Calvin! Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably a good place for going to say, yeah, you can feel uncomfortable about Luther here, yeah, and that's that's fine. Um, there are going to be those places I, places. I feel uncomfortable about Luther. Do you want to place your eternal salvation in jeopardy by not believing Luther? That's fine. So. <laughs> Do you yeah. think that is that a fair way to look at that? that it's that it's not so much where he's speaking about salvation eternally but he's talking about that all sin is a failure to believe the promises yeah that, that is true but I still just think that when he says you lose faith in its benefits that that, that means exactly what it sounds like um, well I mean tease it out to the
3: phenomenon so if, if in that moment I'm not trusting then I accidentally die
1: no, 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 no.
3: You know, then I'm going to go to hell. Like, you know, that's how, where evangelicals go with that kind of life. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, Westminster Confession, <laughs> chapter 18, which is all about God's assurance, says the assurance true believers have of their salvation may be shaken, lessened or interrupted for various reasons, from neglecting to preserve it, from committing some particular sin, which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit, from some sudden or strong temptation, or from God's withdrawing the of his presence. And allowing them to walk through nevertheless they are never completely without god's seed the life of faith the love of christ and of other believers and the sincere heart and obedient conscience out of which the spirit may revive this assurance in due time and by which they are in the meantime kept from complete despair yeah Believe it. me too Woo! that's, that's good <laughs> comment. <Calvin>, yay <laughs> luther's great i'm enjoying myself i'm just I've got this up all day as
1: a conversation partner, just kind of yeah. wondering. I don't. I don't remember everything in my own So yeah, I'm. I'm gonna read this, which is not gonna help resolve any of this, um, <laughs> but might even make it worse. Um, this is. I mean, this is how this teaching, driving from both Luther and Melanchthon, gets crystallized in the formula of Concord. It says we believe, teach, and confess that although the contrition that precedes justification and the good works that follow it do not belong in the article of justification before God. Nevertheless, a person should not concoct a kind of faith that can exist and remain with and alongside an evil intention to sin and to act against the conscience. Instead, after a person has been justified by faith, there then exists a true living faith working through love. That means that good works always follow justifying faith and are certainly found with it when it is true and living faith. For faith is never alone, but it is always accompanied by love and hope. Mm -hmm. Does that sound okay? I mean, that's the sort of strong statement that you have to read with Luther's. It can't exist alongside an evil intention. And I I think most people would say that that is true. I mean... Would you? Are you happy with that that formulation? It seems to be anti simil mm.
3: It it actually does. The symbol illustrates that it does exist alongside evil intention. Mm. I heard correct. More like
2: you know, say a misuse, say an antinomian, which may not actually exist. Uh, you know, saying, well, I can believe, quote unquote, the benefits of Christ. Um, but not have to do anything, or not have to be anything, or not have to still remain in control of it, in other words, make it a new law. So the evil intent of confession of pure, I believe, without any real sense of that, without actually encountered by the law, if you want to call it that. I can't remember how you read it, but that's the way I heard that, being accompanied by that evil intent. Remembering that faith is a living and active word, know I heard that earlier, when that's the disputation against scholastic, theology and that faith does itself to us I and mean, in that sense we can't lose the faith I and mean, he still believes in predestination I mean, he believes in the electing God that faith creates love creates rather than finds so somewhere separating all this it's the reprobate reform language you know having an evil intent creating who was it the fire the fire insurance policy you know that sort of thing I don't think we would have much
1: with that
2: idea hmm. who said that get out of jail or right, the fire policy believe because if it's true it's good if it doesn't believe you didn't lose Pascal Pascal yeah you know, maybe that's the evil intent something hmm. like that can you read that again and what was that from Formula of Concord yeah
1: Formula of Concord let me see if I can find it real quick
2: because um... evil somewhere reading all this this might broke down evil evil is simply anything that separates you Grace of God, known in Jesus Christ. So that's where you can say even good works are evil, because they separate you from the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, and I'm kind of creating my own world. And yeah, I believe I might go to church.
1: No. Yeah, um, that what I just read as it fits alongside this statement that comes right before it says. We believe, teach, and confess that in spite of the fact that until death a great deal of weakness and frailty still cling to those who believe in Christ and are truly reborn, they should not doubt their righteousness which is reckoned to them through faith, nor the salvation of their souls, but they should regard it as certain that they have a gracious God for Christ's sake on the basis of the promise and the word of the Holy Gospel. So that's the thing that's said right before this statement about faith not existing alongside an evil intention. And, I, and I'm I'm just trying. I think I'm trying to point out, for Luther, for Melanchthon, for the confessional tradition, how hard you would have to work mm-hmm. <laughs> to lose this. Like it it is nothing other than willful rejection. Um, and again, again, we're still talking about the the paradox of how you can reject it, and nobody is wanting to try to um, figure that out except for Melanchthon in a few places where he starts to give the will a little more say in things. But it remains this paradox that on the one hand God's word and promise do all things for me and I receive all things and yet there is this thing we have to warn against, against trying to have faith alongside this persistent evil intention. (laughs) What section of the... Your formula <laughs> is that it? uh, it's in the epitome on the sec, it's in the section on righteousness
3: okay the
2: righteousness
1: of faith yeah right? yeah and I guess so I guess what I would say is that for, is not meant to be an anxiety making thing um, all systems of theology probably do have their points where it gives anxiety I think for Luther he thought it was it didn't make him anxious that every day faith was new and, and united him with Christ, and he had trust. Because that's kind of a gift. Yeah, that, that's yeah. just gift yeah. every day. There's no acquisition, there's no loss. And for him, that was better than wondering if, um, you know, God had predestined him to be damned. Like that—that that was the sort of thing that made him feel better, I guess, or at least made later Lutherans, um, falling f- from Luther, feel better. But I, I can see when you're coming from the other direction, how yeah maybe this would give you some anxiety. But it wasn't it wasn't meant for for him to be that way because um, God's promises are are for you every single day, and the Holy Spirit will continue to do the work of keeping you united to Christ.
2: I here because I had a conversation in the last week with somebody. Again, once a quarter, somebody comes in really afraid having committed a sin against the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, feels like that's where the accommodation for that is. Mm. I don't know if that's any proof text that there or whatever, but mm. that repeated, obstinate, obdurate
3: rejection. Yeah. Um, What's That's unbelief. That's anti-faith. Mm-hmm so I mean it's kind of a tautology at that point when you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. rejection of Jesus is rejection, rejection of, of Jesus, Jesus. yeah um, but I don't get even those, those feelings rejecting Jesus
2: is accepting a substitute of Jesus that that is salvific that it places imputes worth to me yeah, um, yeah. that not Jesus alone um, So Christus solus Christus but works evil
1: well I think we've uh, I think it goes against the
2: pete yeah. doesn't it and tulip I mean obviously it's, it does uh, oh yeah uh, the dividing lines and
1: it is a distinction and um if we want to come back to this at some time I, I never want to come back to this but <laughs> I got
0: like trying to about the beating dead
1: horse okay uh, yeah I think I think we can um dead, move on a little bit <laughs> So the whole structure of this, this first part of freedom of Christian is saying, here's what faith does for you. It does these three things, and by being united to Christ, you become a king, you become a priest. Um, and the way that Luther ends this first section, I think, is interesting because it ends on preaching. Um, so if you go to page 292... Um, He says, to return to our purpose, I believe that it has now become clear that it is not enough or in any sense Christian to preach the works, life, and words of Christ as historical facts, as if the knowledge of these would suffice for the conduct of life. So that's the first way you can preach Christ incorrectly. Yet this is the fashion among those who must today be regarded as our best preachers. Second way, far less is it sufficient or Christian to say nothing at all about Christ and to teach instead the laws of men and the decrees of the fathers. Now there are not a few who preach Christ and read about him that they may move men's affections to sympathy with Christ, to anger against the Jews and such child and effeminate nonsense. And that was, that was the third way that you preach Christ incorrectly. And here's how, you, here's how he says you preach Christ. Rather, ought Christ to be preached to the end that faith in Him may be established, that He may not only be Christ, but Christ for you and me, and that what is said of Him and is denoted in His name may be effectual in us. Such faith is produced and preserved in us by preaching why Christ came, what He brought and bestowed, what benefit it is to us to accept Him. This is done when that Christian liberty which He bestows is rightly taught and we are told in what way we, are, we Christians are all kings and priests and therefore lords of all and may firmly believe that whatever, whatever we have done is pleasing and acceptable in the sight of God, as I have already said. That to me is um, an interesting direction for him to take this. And, and going from these three uses of faith, um, your identity as... Um, king and priest and then to pivot to this question about preaching and how you actually deliver Christ in a way that this faith is produced Um, I'm seeing now that the the very next paragraph Zach might be kind of getting into um, the kind of thing you were talking about about the effect of this preaching on the affections right yeah so that might be interesting Um, so I'll just read that too he says this is talking about the effect of preaching in this way what man is there whose heart upon hearing these things will not rejoice to its depth and when receiving such comfort will not grow tender so that he will love Christ as he never could by means of any laws or works who would have the power to harm or frighten such a heart so there there is that that strong connection, like we were talking about earlier, between preaching Christ in this way and what it will affect. Yep. And, and I guess part of the question that this raises for me is how we always have to be critical in our own preaching and, and thinking. Am I doing this one thing he's saying, such that I am preaching Christ, not just Christ, but Christ for you and me? Um, like I said, we'll get, we'll talk about this again in Galatians. But it's that specific use of language where it's not the promises are not abstracted from you as a particular person, mm-hmm. but are directed precisely to you, um, because they are for no one else, if not you individually and everyone else individually.
0: These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.